and welcome to the Mega Squad Pod, hosted by me, Cal, and joining me as ever is my fabulous co-host, Wiggy, and we are here to attack the pod and take on our Game of the Years for this particular episode. Um, or Games of the Year, not Game of the Years. Every, Game of the Years. Every single year. Game of the Years. <laughs> We're going to go from 21 all the way back to the very first computer game. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, well, first of all, how are you doing, do Wiggy? that. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Not too bad, not too shabby. That's technically a lie, but hey, yeah, like, welcome we... to the mental health of the world. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Um, we've got a little a little drink to to toast to all of you, and thank you for listening. We apologise for the random sparse of episodes that have appeared throughout the year, but we're going to try, as I say in pretty much every episode, <laughs> going to try and get a regular sort of show going this time that's our new year's resolution that's our new year's resolution new year when new earth this new year new podcast (laughs) every two weeks on a wednesday probably not put out until 15 years later (laughs) we'll have loads recorded but you won't be able to listen to them until 2035 (laughs) we'll find them in a box when we're dead (laughs) <laughs> we'll put them in so, a time capsule. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get on. Um, well, as you know, as you probably heard, it's been a bit of a shitty, shitty 2021 for most people, I would say, including ourselves. Yes. Um, there's been ups, there's been downs, bigger ups and bigger downs at some point. But um, to be fair, we I think we through. should wipe. We should wipe 2020 and 2021 off the map. We should just get rid of them. Yeah, but because then, then miss out on the thing that basically took us through those two years, which was oh, video yeah, our games. podcast and video oh, games, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, the podcast. I was much I more podcast. loving then. <laughs> <laughs> I meant podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what are you like, about? but I, I agree. Like, there's a lot of things that have happened, like I say, in pretty much everyone's lives, I would imagine, but you, you just want to leave them behind, you want to say. Goodbye to 2021, but give us the memories. Do you of the know games. what 2021 was like? Dark Souls. It was fucking real life Dark Souls. Getting shot. The amount down. of times that I have died this year <laughs> and come back, and I had to do it all over again from the fucking fireplace. But you come back a little bit stronger each time. I do. That's, That's a motto. That's a motto. <laughs> Treat life like Bloodborne like Dark, or Dark Souls. Souls. <laughs> Don't Treat go killing like anyone. It's designed <laughs> by From Software. <laughs> yeah, just to specify, please don't go out and kill anyone. Which um, we, we basically meant because you to be don't knocked back. actually get souls. Just so you're aware, oh. um, it was a it yeah, was a metaphor. Not. If this is played in a courtroom, <laughs> we're we're sorry. This is, we, do we, not take any of this in this. context. Hi, jury. <laughs> um, Have you listened to other episodes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to our other episodes, <laughs> then come back, then make your verdict. Then um, deliberate. Sorry, at least, we've, uh, at least we've got a little bit of time. Order. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to kick things off, first of all, by saying a little bit about what we've played. Um, right after we've said cheers. I've got a nice uh, JD and Coke here. I've got a cup with vodka in it. 
Just straight up run out vodka. of mixer. Just straight up vodka and ice. Yeah. Just decided. Yeah, I'm going to go hard. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to go said, hard. Have a drink and a toast, and then I realised that I didn't have anything other than vodka and ice. So oh, I was like, "Well, I can't. I can't just turn up with, with nothing. <laughs> I better just get the. Better go straight. But you'll notice that I won't be drinking very often in the camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> Because else I get to the end and be like, what the fuck is going on? My number one is Bluetooth. (laughs) Well, welcome to 2021. And uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the episodes that are going to be coming out over this year. You got got the year wrong, mate. What did I say? It's 2022. Sorry. You said 2021. (laughs) Yeah. Goodbye, 2021. (laughs) Welcome to... (laughs) 2022. This is how fucked up it's going to be. Can Time has get it right. <laughs> it's going to. It's just meteorite. It's on the way. It's basically Groundhog Year rather than <laughs> Groundhog Day. Surprise, motherfuckers! Um, right, let's Omicron. I mean, move on. <laughs> you've been waiting to say that joke for a I don't know how long. I have. But you, you've been <laughs> struggling to keep that one in. Well, I have. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take your advice. Let's move on. What we've been playing this week. So, Wiggy, I'm going to let you start because I'm very nice. And it's a new year, new me. Nice. So, towards the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, I said to myself, what sort of games do I want to get? And I was like, there's quite a few new games out there. I finally got a PS5, everyone. Woo! Woo! Um, which he's, can I just say, which he's purposefully showing off in the camera that I'm currently talking to him through. With I, a little bit of blue PlayStation lighting. <laughs> just randomly. Although it's on um, rest mode, so it's orange lighting, I can see. Yeah, I should turn it on, really. But just keep it in. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> no, because you'll hear it. Fucking <laughs> 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 <Take> it off. <laughs> um, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, so 2021, 2022, I was like, I really want to play something new. And I was like... I'm not reinvesting in any of these remasters. I've had enough of remasters. So what I did is I went and bought a remaster. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Of of Skyrim. And I've probably purchased Skyrim about eight times in my life now. What's that? On different, on different consoles or PC or, you know, basically I probably own Skyrim on every device I've ever been able to own Skyrim on. What's it called? Including my fridge. What's it called? Skyrim. Oh no, it's called Fusruda. Ah, oh, I know it. Yeah, that one. Um, with the dragons and shit. With the dragons and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now there's fishing. Oh, well, that fun. changes everything. <laughs> it does. It's so much fun. It's just hours of enjoyment. But Skyrim has always been like I won't go into huge depth, but they've added quite a lot to the anniversary edition that has made it feel like a brand new experience. I was not playing it for, for it to be a brand new experience. I just like Skyrim. I've always liked Skyrim and Skyrim is my, when I'm in a really difficult place, I journey to Skyrim because I know that I can just explore. There's no, like I'm not tied into any particular quest lines. I can even turn off all the quests. So I have no quest indicators and I can just go on an adventure and just lose myself and actually upgrade into the anniversary edition, which was only £12.49 for PS plus users was 
which included the PS5 upgrade, um, was you know it was it's is amazing. And I'm just walking around and doing my own thing. And this time I decided to be a female character because I've never played a female character in Skyrim. And I decided to be an orc because I've never played an orc. And I was just doing it differently. And then I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do what I usually do in Skyrim and sneak around and use a bow. So I started sneaking around and using a bow. Um, yeah. So what? So when you say the PS5 upgrade, because... I would probably, some people would agree, some people maybe would fight against it. I don't think Skyrim's the nicest looking game. So has there been much of an enhancement when it comes to, I mean, I don't think it's the nicest looking. But then saying that, I mean, I suppose I'm coming back from the 360 era um, rather than seeing the thousands isometric. Isometric lighting now as well, smoother yeah. surfaces, better facial animations, better no, weapon probably, animation. I probably would see a bit of a difference then. But in terms of like the haptic triggers 100%. Well, it doesn't use any of that, but then it doesn't really need to. It's because it's no shame. different to the Xbox One X upgrade. or Xbox Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if, if you're going to make a big deal about having the ps5 upgrade use everything that the ps5 has to offer don't just settle for that'll do well no it's a next gen update so it's not really a ps5 upgrade is it it's just a next gen update it's bringing it in line with what the pc does it's not a specific ps5 like if they turned around and went we've got a ps5 exclusive skyrim upgrade and we use this this and this yeah that would be brilliant but um you can turn on the you know, like a leftover from the PS4, which is using the controller speaker, but I've turned that off because it's pointless. That's fair um, enough. So yeah, apart from that, it's yeah. a bit like um, I prefer like Demon Souls with the haptic triggers and the speaker and stuff like that. Yeah, but I suppose yeah, like I can see your argument though. That is built from the ground up. I just find it a bit disappointing when I see. PS5 upgrades and they don't use the haptic triggers. Like the biggest one for me was Destiny, Destiny 2, because I, I booted that up thinking, oh, right, okay, I've been playing it on the Series S. I'll play it on the PS5 from now on because I want to feel the haptic triggers and stuff. Nothing there, nothing in the options. It'd be to interesting. Say it. it will be interesting to see if they add that in the Witch Queen hmm. because Destiny hasn't had a massive upgrade yet for the PS5 generation because the the last update just brought it in line with what PC graphical settings were because the PS5 and the Xbox X and S could handle it. But with the Witch Queen, maybe they'll bring in extra stuff because they brought, like, on keyboard and mouse, they introduced... Um, so, you know, like, when you have your melee you have a power attached to your melee and it's quite different on it's quite difficult on controller to just do a melee without be interesting to see if they could do that with the haptic triggers so you could set up you know you could change and set up your haptics to your melee and if you lightly press it you know you do just a normal melee and then if you yeah no it's just interesting because one of the benefits I think you're probably asking too much from people that yeah. are releasing uh, releasing cross-platform upgrades. 
Yeah. Because like if it's not a cross-platform upgrade, then yes, I would say use the haptic triggers. The only one I will forgive for that is Ghost of Tsushima because it looks phenomenal. They've done so much with the PS5 upgrade graphically that I forgive them not using the haptic triggers. I mean, that was a beautiful looking game anyway, but I am not paying for almost the like 15 quid, I think it is, just to get the upgrade for a game that I've played and completed and enjoyed. Like, yeah, it's a fantastic DLC? story. Have you played the DLC? See, no, I haven't. But I've, Well, that's what you nothing... get in the 1599 as well. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to put the money down for the DLC. I don't know if I'm invested enough to get in the it. DLC. If I was, then yeah, brilliant, because I'm getting two for one, basically. I'm getting the upgrade. And That's I'm fair. The DLC, it might come, but... up in, might come up in PS Plus sales, like Temps yeah, like, or whatever. I may very on. well do. Like if it's, if it's on offer, I may very well go for it. Go for it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm having a bit of a tough time with upgrades at the minute, because the only one that I've, the only other one that I tried was Mortal Kombat 11, and that's got a free PS5 upgrade. But mine is not functioning the way I would hope it to, or it's just not functioning at all. Basically, it's using the data okay. disk to play the game and the play game disk to write the data. And then I've got two versions on my PS5. I can't just have one PS5 version. I've got to have the PS4 version and the PS5 version. That is and very weird. That probably isn't operating right. That No, it's definitely something wrong. But I've played Mortal Kombat 11, and I enjoyed the story and everything, but that's one that I want to play the ultimate stuff, and I want to be fucking Robocop. That's the main reason. I want to be Robocop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've got, I've got to go back into that. But there's been other things that I've I've been playing at the minute that... Um, I'll, we I'll need to, to play Demon Souls together. We need to play I need Demon to get Demon Souls. We need to pick it up and we need but, to play it together. Because that's another... When you play Demon Souls, mate, like I've been playing that as well, but I didn't really want to talk about that because I wanted to have the joke about Skyrim and mental health. And well, not joke about mental health, but you know. Yeah. Um, and so, but Demon Souls was the first game I got on my PS5, as you know, because it arrived before my PS5 did, and I was just staring at the case for fucking days um just going i oh, can't wait to play you can't wait to play you can't wait to play you and i've been playing it and i'm really enjoying it and i played it on the ps3 back in the day when it was like a new thing you know it was like the first of its kind fucking hard difficult people were giving it back to secondhand shops because they couldn't complete it and i never completed it back in the day because of those reasons um but now I'm probably not going to complete it again, but I'm actually having loads of fun. And graphically, like it's been rebuilt from the top down. That's how you do a remaster for me. You just top down rebuild it for the generation that you're building it for. And I think that's probably where you're getting at. And I think you probably yeah. expect that from all of them, but you're not going to, especially with a game the size of Skyrim, there's absolutely no reason you were going to get Bethesda spending that amount of money and time on redoing the whole thing when they could just add isometric lighting and smoothen some of the graphics and redo facial animations and work with a lot of the actual creation club community, creation club community. Yeah. 
putting on there because they're too busy working on, as we know, the next Elder Scrolls, but also um, Star, 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 Starfield. Starfield. Yeah. Which we know is going to use the the maximum of next generation capability so yeah on xbox only or pc or pc or pc no that's fair enough um all right thank you biggie i i think it'll be ironic one last thing i think it'll be ironic if it uses the haptic tri- triggers on pc <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite funny i didn't even know that was a thing that you could do i knew you could connect up the PS5, but yeah, you can drop the, you can download the whole thing if you need to. Wow. Apparently, nice. I haven't done it myself. Nice. I just heard people do it. So, what have I been playing this week? I've been playing a selection of stuff. Um, I've been playing some Metroid. Um, I've been enjoying that. Um, nice. I'm at the final boss. Oh fuck me! Is it so? It's so difficult. I just can't get past it at the minute. It's just it's it's driving me insane. It's one of those where you've really got to pay attention to the attack patterns. But it's done. It's a typical Nintendo boss for those kind of games where there's I think there's about three stages, and if you lose any of those stages, you go right back to the very start. So you've got to learn each of those stages again to oh. then just keep doing that and it's so difficult so so difficult you've got to get perfect pixel perfect timing on some sections it's, it's ridiculous um but i i am really enjoying it really enjoying it um you've also got uh halo infinite which i've been playing loads and loads of the multiplayer of that i've been loving the multiplayer um been going on with a lot of my friends and and just playing uh doing some of the challenges been just going into fiestas and and tactical slayers and stuff like that, and just having a whale of a time, like going back to what Halo used to be, like that traditional fun multiplayer experience that it always was. And it's lovely. It's lovely seeing it all go back to that sort of way again. Um, And then I also bought myself Far Cry 6, which I... I, It's very meh, if I'm brutally honest. Like, I, it's not drawn me in as much as I was expecting to. Like, I was thinking, here we go, Far Cry Six, next generation, let's go. Um, I I enjoyed number five. Um, three is still my favourite of them all, um, which is for most I think people it's everyone's favourite, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you know, like I I, I quite enjoyed five. I thought it was okay. Uh, but this one, I don't know if it's the setting. I don't know if it's the the gameplay. I don't know what it is, but it's just not drawing me in. I don't know if it's the characters. Like I'm not getting involved with the characters as well. Um, you know, like this it's, it's something about it. It's just not drawing me in as much. I'm determined to complete it. I'm determined to finish it. Um, because above all, it's a, it's a lovely looking game. Um, but it's very very challenging at times as well very very challenging i've been tempted to put it back to story mode just to get the story finished um but i'm also don't want to demean myself in a way by uh by doing that but i'm tempted just to do it to be like cool i'll finish that and then that's that story done as well 
because I've got other things I need to play. Um, but that's been pretty much like what I've, what I've been playing over the last, well, I say week, this week. It's been a, quite a while since we last did a podcast, so I've been playing loads since then. Yeah, I've um, been playing loads as well. And we do have our, our regular Mario Kart sessions as well with me and my friends um, very regularly because a lot of them bought Switches over the over the holidays. Um, there were offers and things like that and they were going to people's houses and we were showing them off and being like, it's really cool. So they bought Switches and then some of them bought Xboxes as well. So we've had like both the Halo experience and the Mario Kart experience and it's been lovely. Trying to convince them to get more games, very challenging though. <laughs> Very, very challenging. Um, thank God. If you're listening, Cal's friends, get more games <laughs> or Game Pass. Well, thank goodness for Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have got Game Pass. So, it's, yeah, poor it's Cal, you're going to stress it. You're going to stress him out. Look, you, you're already stressing him out by not having more games. I know. You can see it. I know. You can I'm hear it. Out. I can see <laughs> I'm it. Freaking out, man. <laughs> um, I'm freaking out, freaking man. man. <laughs> Um, but yeah like but that also kind of brings me to what i was going to say about you with demon souls um is fuck me this generation's expensive <laughs> like i i wanted to yep. get demon souls um and i thought i'm gonna wait for a sale i'm not paying 69.99 for it i'll wait for a sale and then see what happens um it came up in the january sale in the playstation store and i thought brilliant i'm I'll get it. It'd probably be like 20 quid, maybe 30 quid max. No, it's 43.99, which is the price of a normal game, in my opinion. And no, I am not giving it to them because I don't know if I'm going to get the, the most enjoyment out of it yet. Um, I don't want to drop that much to be like, oh, can I? And I can't take it back or anything like that. So it's taking a bit of a risk. But like hats off to anyone try, trying to buy games. It's fucking difficult when they're that price as well. And I know loads of work goes into them. I know you're paying for the next-gen experience and everything like that. But, you know, I suppose I've kind of been used to it for a little while because I'm a Nintendo fan. Nintendo first-party titles are, like, in the 50s, you know? Yep, because I am about to drop that on Pokemon Arceus. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Like that'll be fifty four ninety nine, I reckon, on the eShop. And yep, that's why I had to pay to pre order it. There you go. So, you know, like it, it's, you, you, you're kind of used to it if you've gone from that respect. But you know, for people who are just starting out, and you've been telling them all these amazing things about all these amazing consoles, and <laughs> being like, "Yeah, you should get it. It's so fun. We can do this. We can do that." It's like, how much is this game? Uh, wait for a sale. <laughs> we're just waiting for a sale. This is we'll wait for you. This this has always been a bone of contention for me, and I've always struggled with it. But I never really batted an eyelid because I've always been digital only anyway. And like before the pandemic or before recently, I'd all like I don't want to I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but financially, I'd always been pretty stable. Do you know what I mean? So. Like for a, a leftover in my paycheck, not enough to put into savings, but yeah. enough that if I wanted to buy a game of a month, I wouldn't be killing myself. Do you know what I mean? So it never really bothered me until 
I dropped my money on my rig. I got a PC and I saw Steam. Then it <laughs> really fucked me off because of how cheap these things are on Steam, on the Ubisoft store. Like if you own a PC, everything is like 10, 15, 20 quid cheaper. There are sales every five minutes for stuff. And it's like, okay, I realize what's happening here. This is how they make their money back yeah. for being for making a loss on the actual console. Because the PS5, structurally, they said it was like £1,200, £1,300 or something, I think. It was round about that, structurally. So was the Xbox X, um, not so much the S. And so, but they're selling it for like 500 quid or $500, wherever you are. Um, and they sell these games for 60 quid because they will give the game designer the 45 that it would normally be and probably bank that £15 themselves. That is not news fact, but that is what I presume is why these games are so expensive. Whereas on PC, they're not paying you anything because you built the computer yourself, so they just need to make their money. Yeah. No, like, absolutely. I know if you get, like, disc-based things and, like, that can be manufacturing costs brought into it as well, but even then, like, why are digital stores dearer? than discs sometimes if the manufacturing costs aren't taken into consideration. But all I can say, once again, thank fuck for Game Pass. Because that is the best thing. I know we go on about it, but that is the best thing to happen to gaming since gaming, in my opinion. It's just a fantastic service that it's not just another little service that's like, oh, here's... Um, a load of games that you've already played there's like brand new games coming out for it and it's just like oh here you go day one it's bait it is netflix for games the amount of people that are like oh what, what's what's game pass and that's how i explain it it's netflix but for video games on the xbox as soon as a film comes out on netflix what do you do oh, I'll, I'll watch it cool as soon as a game comes onto game pass what are you going to do play it done that's it you're paying 10.99 a month um, we're still not sponsored, by the way, by Xbox, despite what may be going through your head. <laughs> but... <laughs> because of how much we love you know, Game Pass. Maybe we should is. reach out to Phil Spencer and be like, we pipe up. Can I have two quid off of my subscription every month, please? <laughs> hey, Spencer! <laughs> give me a discount. Hey, give us a fiver of the Game Pass. Yeah, no, great. I'm going to send him this episode. I'm going to email it through to his corporate email, see if he listens to it. <laughs> he won't. You'll like, get a secretary stop. to listen to it. I'm sorry if you are actually listening to it, and I just said you'll get yeah, a secretary sorry. to listen to it. Sorry, we like you as well. Like, well done. Thanks, Phil. You You're pretty. Uh, pretty off badass. To you if I was wearing one. <laughs> but like, you know, if if other companies were doing that and they're, they're trying to, they're like they're not quite there yet. Um, I know a lot of people argue about PlayStation Now. I'm not accepting that in the same way that Game Pass is. Because PlayStation no Now, way. They, they were trying, no. but it is nowhere near Game Pass. No way. That's what no, they need to start no. doing. Um, not even. Hats close. off to them, though. I do have a lot of love for PlayStation Now, because that is where I can play House of the Dead 3, 4, and Overkill and, and whenever I want. And that's lovely. 
So I'll, I'll give them that because that's not on anything else. But um, yeah, like it's, it's nowhere near. And I know Nintendo has started to bring out their online subscription things, but that's not the same. That's a back catalogue of a load of games that have basically emulated. I'm not complaining because that's fantastic. But again, you cannot say, oh, well, that's like Game Pass because it's not. It's not like Game Pass. I'm because... not listening to that Nintendo thing until they start back emulating Pokemon games. They fucking do um, that, then I will listen. They are for the N64 Pokemon Coliseum. I think they've got to do the, oh, yeah. the Game Boy ones and stuff like that now. And yeah, that's um, what I mean. Not I'm the, hoping they start doing that. Because the Pokemon Coliseum and then Pokemon, which was Pokemon Tekken, like those mm. games, love them. Play them and yes. They're not your standard going out and catching Pokemon and training them and, and you know the thing that I love. But you know. Yeah. Anyway. Apologies if I got that wrong, by the way. It's either Stadium. Yeah, I think Coliseum was the one on GameCube. So I think Pokemon Stadium is coming onto the N64. And Pokemon Snap. So there you go. Okay. Fair. Fair. But yeah. Fair. I want GameCube next. Give us GameCube. Give me beautiful Joe. Thank you. Oh, a GameCube anniversary edition. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Go out, buy a new GameCube. Well, but anyway. If that was on it, I would, I would cry both out of my eyes and my penis. I'd X-Wing really versus Starfighter. Oh, yeah. Right then. Here we go. We're on the main crux of the show, which is to decide our games of the year. Um, whether we agree. So, That's so whether we one. agree. Mm, that's the thing. So Which what we're going to do? We disagree on. <laughs> um, this is, I, w- I will say, um, a shout out to my uncle Neil, if he's listening. Hi Neil. Um, shout out this... to my ex. Sorry. I, definitely not my ex. <laughs> this is my uncle. You... <laughs> no, but I was saying there shout out no, to my ex. There is no incest- incestuous. But the reason the reason I wanted to, to give a little shout out to him is because this is a structure that me and him came up with. And we every year we do a little podcast that's just us. We never release it. We've got a load of back catalogues of it. We might release it one day, I don't know. Um, but every year we do a little 10 top 10 of game of the year, like what we've played over the year, what we rank it in a list of 10. And it's lovely. Um so I'm going to do the same style that me and my uncle do with you. So thank you, Neil. So thank you, Neil. I haven't met you, but thank you. (laughs) So here's how we go. We're going to start at number ten, and then we're going to work our way up. We, I will say, or down, depending on how you like. Oh yeah, yeah, counting down. Yeah. Um, Whether you're an optimist or a, a pessimist. I'm just a freak. Um, so I'm an opportunist. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop interrupting you. No, this you're right. Professional podcast. Uh, apparently so. Um, so we we will take it in turns to give our number ten. We'll start with, um, and we'll say a little bit about why it's in our top ten list. Um. Maybe a little bit about why it wasn't so high or why it was high, um, why we've enjoyed it, how much hours we put into it or anything like that. Um, we're going to 
do it slightly differently in that we're going to go through the first um, ten, six to ten list quite quickly, and then we're going to spend a little bit more in-depth time on uh, one to five. Does that make sense, Wiggy? It does make sense. Thank you for that. Fantastic. Um, does it I'm make sense, audience? Do if it doesn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to go with it. I tell you what, does it make sense? You're not sure? Wait an hour, then find out. Yeah. No, 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 Listen no. Carry on listening. See if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah carry, carry on, on listening. listening. Don't just wait an hour. Wait uh, while right. you're listening. <laughs> right. Okay, so who wants to start, Wiggy? Do you want to start or do you want me to start on number 10? Uh, let's flip a coin. I'll or, be heads. I've got to be tails because Sonic and tails. It's heads. I am going first. I'm calling bullshit because I, I didn't see the coin, ladies and gentlemen. A rich head, so I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, number 10. I'm going in at number 10 with a game that, quite honestly, I don't think is very good. It could have been so, so, so much better considering its legacy, but still, because of its legacy and the fact it really is fun with friends, I've put in at number 10, Back for Blood. Hey, I'm not going to lie. That's my number 10. Is it? <laughs> that's genuinely my number 10. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely number 10. I don't see an issue with that in the slightest. In the slightest. You okay, we have agreed on the number 10. Uh, well, we're not going to spend much time on these anyway, but essentially exactly what I've said in a nutshell. You know, like graphically, it's not necessarily amazing. Systematically, it's not really that good. You know, Equipment wise, again, you just get a little bit like bogged down with the equipment. When you've played at least once, like one chapter, for example, through with each of the different heroes or the what do they call them? Uninfect? No, what they they're like uh, the immune survivors. people that go up. And they're not survivors. Um, oh else. yeah, um, you know what I mean. Oh, fuck. Because oh, the reason that you go out. The reason that you go out is because you can't get infected by the stupid little parasite thingies. So you be turned into the ridden. And turn into the ridden, which are just zombies, but hey ho. But yeah, so graphically, I don't know if you agree or disagree. Graphically, Venus. not great. Uh, yes. Venus. Graphically, disagree or agree. Uh not very good. But it's all right, but it's not next gen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, not... yeah. I mean, I don't think it's too bad. It's not the the worst thing in the world. It's better than Skyrim. I do. Um, <laughs> but that's a refresh. To be fair, from a you know, Back yeah, for no, Blood wasn't designed for uh, Xbox three sixty. Yeah. Um, and it, Back for Blood is quite fun when it goes dark. Like, I do get fucking shit scared when I have to put a torch on. Um, like that sort of thing. But yeah, it's not. It's it's not a great game. A lot of you listening in now will be like, actually, it's pretty shit. Playing it solo, it 100% is because you can't earn cards for multiplayer. You know, you can't earn your power cards and stuff for multiplayer when playing on your own. Um, in solo, you get different cards because they're boosted, which I think is stupid. I think you should still be able to invest in, in cards for the other one. Um, and like systematically, the card thing, I don't actually think... It's a great thing, really. But I don't mind building decks like it's a card game, building a deck to go on a run. But yeah, again, 
I just think I think as a game, it's probably like if I was just doing like a a, a metacritic of my own, like I'd probably say it was a four out of ten in how good of a game it is. But when you've got your mates with you, that's when it goes up to like a seven or an eight because you ignore all that systematically shit stuff when you're crapping yourself because you've been caught and you're shouting out to your mates to come and save you and you're trying to figure out why, you know, board up a window or, or that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I I, I quite like it. It's the Left 4 Dead 3 we never had, which I, I which made me fall in love with it. I will admit, yeah, I've not played it for a long time and I think I've only done one of the chapters, but it is much better with friends. I would wholly disagree with you on the card system i think that's fantastic i think the card oh, system okay. is really good um in the way it changes up the battle uh or the or your or the different chapters in a slightly different way that you think oh that's not going to make much of a difference but in fact it can make quite a bit of difference sometimes and having those extra little challenges sometimes where you can get more copper or you can encounter more bosses or something like that where there's more crows about the place like it just adds a little bit more each time i'll, um, I'll tell you one thing corruption the, the cards that's it corruption cards i don't have a problem with yeah i don't mind a level having a, a bit of randomness to it mm. in the background it's more the like I, I like building decks, but I just don't think it but then, needed it. it could have had variety elsewhere you know it could have had variety yeah, then, in I suppose perk that's just trees making it... for your heroes rather than cards. Yeah. Perk trees for your heroes, and you go, cool, I want to pick this perk for this person. But I suppose with the card system, it's keeping it more like a roguelike rather than a um, once you've leveled up, that's it, you're done. Whereas a roguelike, I think you can have a little bit more um, uh, playability and you can, you've got a little more duration to to build up your deck and get like the best run you possibly can if you know what I mean. So that kind of makes it more like a roguelike. But I agree, like it's, it's not the best game of 2021. Um, and, you know, it almost didn't make it on the list. Um, and it was almost in my honourable honorable mentions, which we should have done first, actually. Um, which we can always do after this, if you like, after number 10, our honourable mentions. Well, why don't we, we get do to just after at number five? At number five. Four, number five. Just we'll do that, number five, we'll do honorable mentions. We'll do that. Get on. All right, cool. then. So seeing as you 10. went first on number 10 and I had the same, I'm going to go for okay. number nine then. Um, okay, go for it. I'll go first on this one. So my number nine, number nine, was uh, a game that, let's face it, a little bit cut and paste. All right. It's not the, it's not the most innovative um game that's out there but it is one of the better um in the genre in my opinion uh banging soundtrack lovely things um to see lovely scenery and of course you've got some very very nice cars to drive and it is forza horizon 5 on the xbox one s uh, series s i'm not going to surprise you again by going yeah oh my god that's my number it's not Ah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Is it on your list anywhere? Um, I love how I just had to double check my list just in case they go wrong. It's in my honourable mentions. Fair enough. Um, so, so it is on my list technically, but not in the one to ten. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Like it's Forza Horizon. It's beautiful. Like I remember going back to the first ever one 
that came out and just being blown away by the the scenery, the 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 whole landscape of Colorado was just beautiful. And hearing some fantastic songs, uh, I remember hearing Porter Robinson for the first time, and I fell in love with Porter Robinson from there on. Um, their music, I've never met them, um, so I don't know <laughs> if I've fallen in love with them, but. You know, never know. Um, but I, I, I like I loved his music and stuff, and that was all because of Forza Horizon. Um, and you know, they let's face it. Again, there may be people out there that might argue the point, but they're very cut and paste. They're the same sort of thing in a new location, some slightly different races. That's not a terrible thing, though, because you know when you do like the the epic races against. Um, you know, like uh, um, like plane or helicopters and stuff like that. Like going against a giant airship was just incredible. Like it's a massive Spoiler plane alert. that's dropping. Co- it's very early in, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> but you know, like this huge plane just taking over, and you're like, how the hell am I going to finish first against that? Um, and it's just great, and it's like those really minuscule second times that are like, oh, I almost lost it there, but I just got it. And you've got that thrill, um, which is brilliant. And again, the scenery is beautiful. It's all set in Mexico. Um, Mexico. One nice thing I do like with this one, and it is slightly different, unless I'm wrong, um, is they've got different environments. So they've got multiple festival tents or main stages set up in different areas of Mexico. Um, so you've got one that could be set within a jungle. So you've got to think a little bit more about what cars you're going to drive or what sort of events are going to be around that sort of area. And then you've got one that's by the beach. So it's a more sandy environment. There's some water and stuff like that. You've got some with, with more roads than anything else. And it, you do have to think a little bit there, but it's, again, it's most of the time, it's like, I'll drive to that place. Oh, cool. It's this kind of race. These are the cars you can use. Which one do you want? Uh, I'll have that one, please. Thank you. And that's it. And you just race. Yeah, fair. It's a nice little killing time cool. one, but it's nothing to keep me killing going for one. really, really long. Really, really long fair, periods. Fair. What's your number nine then, Wiggy? Uh, can I get a drum roll? I'm going for it. So my number nine is also a game that isn't very good. But it has a not. <laughs> it has so much nostalgia for me, and I did actually enjoy it. Like there was a lot of things they could have done different mechanically with the source material more than anything else. But ultimately, I'm I'm enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm enjoying it because of the nostalgia. And that is Werewolf: The Apocalypse, Earth Blood. Okay. So from oh God, I years ago because i'm an old man um probably like i think i must have been 17 18 years old i was introduced to the world of darkness tabletop role-playing games and they had vampire the masquerade they had mage the ascension werewolf the apocalypse like loads of them i could probably name them all but we that's a different podcast um and Werewolf the Apocalypse was the one I aligned with the most. I did Vampire LARP, and there were Vampire the Masquerade games before there were any other like games for the, the different races. But this is the first time that someone has turned around and gone, we're going to make a Werewolf the Apocalypse 
video. Right, can game. I just can I just stop you there? Yeah. Did you say that you did Vampire Lark? Yeah, live action I did Vampire Lark. Yes, live action role playing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to ask about a criminal record or anything like that. Because uh, why? <laughs> well, live action role playing as a vampire. Yes. Not actual biting people's necks, Cal. <laughs> you know, when you go to a LARP with swords, you don't actually stab people. Yeah, sorry, go on. You know, when people do horror role plays, they don't actually become serial killers. I mean, I'd like to know how quick other people got that in the... Uh, <laughs> were listening to it. But yeah, go on, go on, sorry. But I didn't actually um, know that was a thing. So yeah, so Werewolf the Apocalypse never did like a, a, a game. Um, they'd done a Hunter the Reckoning game, which I absolutely loved back in the day, which was just like four-player co-op, which was phenomenal, but never a werewolf one. Um, and then, so when they announced they were doing Werewolf the Apocalypse, Herb's Blood, I was already, you know, I was already invested. It could have been absolutely atrocious and I still would have played it. Um, but it's probably a solid five, maybe six out of ten. But if you want a nostalgia piece, I like for me, it's, it's up there with the nine out of ten. Being able to switch between being a wolf, being a guy, and being a werewolf is just so good. So if you fuck up yourself, you can just be like, fuck this, I'm a werewolf. And you're just cutting through enemies and fucking shit up. And then there's some stuff you have to do as a human because, you know, werewolves have big claws, can't hack computers and wolves, you know, well, they're wolves. Um, like, and it's it's really, really fun um obviously it doesn't compare to a tabletop role-playing game in any way um and again yeah they probably could have added more depth but i enjoy it for the nostalgia piece so yeah let's go nice very nice what's your number eight number eight right my number eight. we should probably speed these up because we're basically doing a yes a full breakdown I, of all of us and i could do the <laughs> p as well um so when we get to the break, be break. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to piss my pants. Um, so number eight uh, is a game that came out in September time, around summer, I think. Uh, it's a nice little sporty game, um, which you know, it's not really my sort of thing sometimes. But when it comes to golf, I oh, don't mind a bit of golf with Mario, and it's uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. Um, fantastic game. Like it's, it's typical Mario Golf. I don't know if it's the best Mario Golf game, but it's it's certainly very good. Um, it's a good laugh with your mates if you're playing it online. Um, me and Neil, uh, my uncle, had a, had a little tournament going on, which was quite nice. And we'd literally just... I'd have some music or a podcast or something playing in the background. I don't know what he was doing, though. But um, we basically were just playing a few holes. And that was it. Like just having a couple of courses, and it was great. Um, there's a few more Cal mechanics. Loves playing a few holes. Playing a few holes. I'm a heartbreaker. What can I say? Um, so it's it, it's quite a challenging one to get used to when you start off because there's a lot of um, like special moves that you can bring into it. Um, different characters have got different um, approaches to different things. If that makes sense. So when they do their special. Say, for example, Yoshi, who is the best, um, when he does his special, the ball actually turns into a Yoshi egg. 
and it'll knock any... No, that's a lie. It turns other balls into Yoshi eggs. So you they don't roll properly. They roll like an egg would roll. So you can't quite get the right shots in some cases. Um, uh, there's not very many courses, which is a bit of a shame. Like There are a few, but I would have liked to have seen a bit more. Um, and it does get a little bit repetitive after a while. Um, so I tend to think, um, yeah, like I've, I've played the game, I've played the story, I enjoyed it, but I'm, I'm ready to, to stop now. I've, uh, I've done my fill. If people go on and they, like, say my friends get it, we play a bit of multiplayer, beautiful. Be well up for that. I would never say no to a bit of Mario Golf. Um, and quite often it's either Mario Golf or tennis that my friends will say, shall we, shall we have a few games of that when I take a switch round to theirs, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, definitely give it a go. Super, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. It's great. What's your eight then, Wiggy? My eight is another nostalgia trip. Is it a shit it's game? Either, it's not a shit game, this one, actually. This is the oh. first on my list that is brilliant, in my opinion. For everything from graphical improvements to storytelling, to quality of life improvements across the, the board. So my number eight okay. is Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Nice. Right. Um, so in a nutshell, because we're trying to speed up the tenter and me and Cal have started talking like we do in a normal podcast. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, obviously Mass Effect 1 to 3. Um, I'm halfway through 2 at the moment. Um, it's a lovely game because I because I remember a lot of it, it's really easy for me to just pick it up and go, yep, I remember what I've done beforehand. I don't need to look at the journal. I can just pick up and go forwards with it. Um, I am like in this playthrough, I'm playing a female shepherd because I'd always wanted to do it. But again, I did the cliche, I'm a man, so I'll play a man thing. Um, that's changed a lot as I've grown up. Um, and female shepherd, but... <laughs> I did try to be a paragon, but I've slipped into my old ways of being not a paragon. Um, I'm sort of, at the moment, I'm straddling the line between a really good shepherd and a really bad shepherd, rather than what I've done on most of my playthroughs, which is I'm a dickhead because I'm going to save the galaxy, but fuck everyone else. Um so yeah, just enjoying it. Um, obviously, it's a classic game. Bioware storytelling at its finest. And yeah, just enjoying it. Number eight. Is it on yeah. your list? It is on my list. Um, it's not in the top five, but it is number six uh, oh, okay. on mine. Um, we'll so get I'll a little bit of yours when we get to six. Yeah, yeah. get on. Uh, well, number seven. You're on number gonna seven. Stick, I'm going to stick with that tubby plumber um, that we all know and love. Uh, in particular, his brother, because that's who I played with it throughout this one until it came to the side, um, the side section, uh, shall we say, the DLC or the extra content rather. It's not downloaded, but it was Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Um, I had it on the Wii U. Absolutely loved it. It's one of my favourite and one of the best Mario games in my opinion, um, especially in one of the 3D ones. It's one of the best ones. Um, You've got a range of uh, different characters to choose from. You've got Mario, Luigi, Peach, uh, Rosalina, and Toad. Um, and Toadette now as well. Um, 
I went through the whole thing on the Wii U as Luigi, and I did exactly the same thing on the Switch, and I loved every single second of it. I remembered so much of that game and forgot so much of that game that every time I played it, it was either a nice little nostalgic, oh, I remember this, or I don't remember this. This is great. The music's fantastic. Graphically, it is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Um, but the biggest addition to this was the Plus Bowser's Fury stuff. So that is a Switch exclusive. And they took the, the 3D World um, engine and they made it into a more open world, uh, almost a mixture of, of like Mario 64 and Odyssey. Um, but it was in a much, much smaller environment. And there were these different little worlds, things, not worlds, these different little islands that you could visit and you had to get cat shines because the whole premise of it was about cats. Why wouldn't you want it? They introduced a new suit into Super Mario 3D World um, called the cat suit and you turn into a cat. That's fantastic. Um, and that was a big part of Bowser's Fury. Like the cat suit was the main attraction. So these cat shines were around the place. Um, Bowser is the best looking Bowser I've ever seen because he looks really fierce. Um, and he's basically been manipulated by this goo and you have to try and stop that and help Bowser Jr. Um, get his dad back, basically. And you do that with a little bit of help from him by turning into a giant cat and twatting Bowser in the face with your paws. It's great. Absolutely great. It's not incredibly long, but it's a nice one for those collector farms that, that people urge for. We probably should have given a spoiler alert before this episode of... Oh, this is not... The... No, 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 no. This, that's, that okay. is nothing. <laughs> One, that's, that's in the trailer. Okay. And two, okay. it was multiple, multiple times. It's not just right. a one-hit wonder. You're, you're all okay, good there. Cool. <laughs> Don't worry, Liz. A little bit of concern. Just you wait until you play it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of these concern. Um, cool. What's your number seven? Have you done your seven? Did you do your no. seven? No. What's your no, number I seven? did my eight. You did your eight. And then I'm doing my number seven. So I haven't actually played much of this game, but what I have played, I've thoroughly enjoyed. So my number seven, uh, really enjoyable game. No nostalgia for me on this one because it's 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 a new game. It's the first new game without nostalgia on my list, and that is Deathloop. So I'll put Deathloop in. It was originally in my honorable mentions, but I decided to sneak it in there because I think it's probably one of the cool uh, console exclusives of PlayStation 5. Um, ironically, I don't have it on PlayStation 5. I have it on PC because, like I say, it's a console exclusive on the PS5. Um, and my rig still performs graphically better than the PS5. Uh, you get all the stuff No, but Ooh. it was 30 quid. I paid for it. I'm not paying 70 quid just for a little bit of haptic feedback. If I, it ever I goes on sale on PS5, um, if it ever goes down in cost on the PS5 in a, in a sale, then I probably will pick it up it was, again. It was, 30, it was 30 quid for a long time. Was it? Well, yeah. I didn't own a PS5 then, did I? Well, should he lick them in you? <laughs> Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. That's really fun. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, my number seven. It didn't make it onto mine. It was an honourable mention because I've not finished it, and I again I couldn't quite get into it. But you know, I I like I love the the characters. The characters are great. Um, of Cole, is it? Cole and Jessica, Jennifer. It's been a long day. Yeah, I can't remember their names. We'll call them C and J. Lo- love the love the interactions they have and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Um. Cool. So then we move on to number six, which mine, as we know, was Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, this was the first time I've ever gone into Mass Effect as I a game. I swear you, didn't I? Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to go for it anyway, because I know it's always gone down as a fantastic series, and I wanted to start getting into them anyway. Um, so I did, and I am thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed with myself that I have not got into them sooner. Um. I've played the first two. I still have the number three to play, but I wanted to give myself a bit of a break because I played number one and number two in pretty close proximity with each other. Um, So I didn't want to blow myself out. Um, Plus, there's a terrible thing that's happened on the second one and I can't go back. Um, My morals won't let me go back because I feel I should play the whole thing as my story plays out rather than trying to cheat the system. Um, so I've got to deal with it. But I, my I will. Problem with the um, the second one is that because I've played it before, I won't get that wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I know exactly. That, and there's no like unremembering without purposefully going. I would like to lose this character. Yeah. I would like to lose this character, and I would like to do this, and I'd like to do this. So I can either go into that situation going, "I'm going to purposely fuck this up," or I go into the situation and go, "I know who's perfect for each bit." <laughs> um, if you wanted to know who, we that won't was, throw then, detail in. We won't throw in the detail because that's a spoiler. Well, no, I, well, no, not how, how they died, um, or oh yeah, fair things like that but i we did mention it in another podcast when i uh was when i when it finished first it. happened um when it first and happened. yeah I, I was devastated absolutely devastated um so if you want to hear that go back um and have a little listen but it um yeah it's fantastic i can't wait to play the third one but there's just other things out at the minute and i am waiting for the right time to go right i'm gonna finish number three now and uh that's me done until the number new one comes three out. is an emotional roller coaster. So be prepared for that. Fantastic, because I was a wreck with <laughs> number two. Well, this is going to be great, isn't it? So there you go. That so, is our. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Number six for you. I need a number six. All right. Jesus. Sorry, calm mate, it down. I just need six. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I need so six. My number six is Resident Evil Village. Oh, this is good top five isn't it cal i can i can sense is in your top five i'm not saying a word i'm not saying anything so uh it very nearly made my top five but it slipped down to number six um i have never been like a huge resident evil fan like i didn't play biohazard i started it but i never finished it um resident evil six again i started it and finished it Back in the old PlayStation days, I did complete Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2. Um, I completed those more out of spite than anything else because at that time I wasn't old enough to play them. 
because uh, they were 18s um, and my mum was like, no, you can't play those games. So I borrowed them off my friends sneakily and played them sneakily um, and completed them sneakily because, you know, it wasn't an 18 worthy, to be honest, I don't think, but there you go. Um, and once I'd done those two, I then most recently, the only other Resident Evil that I played most recently was the remake of Resident Evil 1 because you recommended that to me and I enjoyed that and I particularly loved the dog corridor because I was like oh they haven't done it this time motherfuckers um, <laughs> I'm still if uh, if the designers are listening I'm still waiting on the fucking Dino Crisis remaster <laughs> get it in there somewhere uh, right but yeah, yeah Resident Evil Village uh, you know is my number six I just had a weird thought before we go to a break. I had a very weird thought. And I was looking at um, at my list and I was looking at Resident Evil. And um, when Resident Evil 7 came out, I'd, me and my ex had just broken up. And I played that game and it made me feel better. Um, Fucking weirdo. Resident Evil Village. No, 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 no. Like it it was just it took my mind (laughs) off it. It didn't make me feel better. It took my mind away from things. (laughs) No, Resident Evil Village came out. I went through a breakup with my ex and I played through that. It made you feel better. (laughs) What is it with Resident Evil? And it's like Okay, you can't don't you worry. If they lose a new game, game, you'll be like (laughs) there's a new game, it's like Resident Evil 9. You'd be like, I'm not, not playing in a relationship not until... <laughs> I just thought it was I'm a weird look thought. At a trailer. It's one after the other as well. It's always the Resident Evil ones. That, that's bonkers. I never I never sat back and thought of that. Um, anyway, so that is our um, six to ten list. Uh, we're going to say our honourable mentions uh, after the break. And then after we will the go break. into... Hey? After the pee break. Oh, yeah, I'm going to piss myself otherwise, ladies and gentlemen. Um, But when we have done our honourable mentions, we will then be going into the top five. Top five, and we're going to see if either of us are the same, which I already reckon we're not. I reckon a lot of this is going to be different. I think this is where we're going to vary. I reckon we've got one game the same. But, I think yeah. I know which game you mean. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think find out in a moment. Then there'll be a musical interlude now. Hold up. So we're back after our little pee break. How how was your break, Wiggy? Was it all right? See you stuffing your face with biscuits or something. I found a Jaffa cake. Well, not uh, like not a single Jaffa cake, <laughs> just lying around. Barren oh, the a Jaffa cake! Winning! <laughs> it's so stale and. Rotty, but uh, oh. no, I found a pack of Jaffa cakes, which I'm very jealous. Very jealous. Jaffa cakes or Oreos, I'm I am sucker for. After my shot of vodka and ice, I feel a little bit tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Well, I um, I went and had a pee, and I forgot that I had uh, asparagus for tea, and I all came flooding back. I'm not talking to you, Siri. Jesus. Um, and Sorry, I'll tell you Jesus. what, it all came flooding back to me when I went for a pee that I'd had asparagus. How fragrant. Oh, I was like, mm, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, so there you go. That's what we get up to in uh, our spare time. This? <laughs> so what the hell is this? Um, Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> you need the context for that as well. <laughs> it's basically a song that we were playing. No, we're just going to put it out. The... We're just going to put do... it out. <laughs> No context. I'm just yelling emotional damage. Nice. I'm allowed to do this because I'm bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we go on to our top five list, we're going to say our honourable mentions. Um, yes, we are. Before we move on. And then we actually have a little segment in between um, from friends that I know. Um, not friends that I know. My friends. Um, <laughs> friends that, that I know. I know. Other people's um, friends. And what their personal game of the year is um, for them. Now, I, I did let it slide a little bit with their um, uh, 2021 picks because some of them uh, don't get regular games or they 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 only just got the consoles and they're like um, catching up with a back catalogue of it's superb titles. Um so I said that they could have any game that they have been playing in 2021. It didn't have to be released in 2021. Um, but first of all, we'll go over our um, personal... What uh, what are they called? Honourable mentions. Honorable. Fucking hell, I said Honorable it about mentions. five minutes ago. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Right, okay. Um, who wants to go first? Wiggy, you or me? Ooh, ooh, I would say I'll go first. Cool. So I've got three in my honorable mentions. So <laughs> go on. narrow it down to three. I was keeping it three because I've got loads, but I don't want to no, go I'm, over the I'm three, just gonna so. I'm just gonna list mine off. Just gonna list yours off. Okay, so first one of mine, Valheim. Absolutely love it. It's amazing. Came out in February 21. Just like if you love Minecraft style games and you love Vikings, that's for you. Number two. Uh, my list has just gone away and I've drawn a complete blank. <laughs> uh, Forza Horizon well, 5. The there we list. go. All right. Forza Horizon 5, which I said earlier on, was one of my honorable yep. mentions. And then last, but certainly not least in my honourable mentions list, is uh, a little old game, uh, a little isometric role-playing game. I don't know if anybody knows what those are. Cal, I don't know if you know what those are. Um, yes, and it's a role-playing game in an isometric view. Yes, nicely done. Um <laughs> And they stem from like all the way back in ninety, you know, ninety late nineteen nineties, uh, all the way like back to Baldur's Gate, the original Baldur's Gate in the late nineties. So, um, it's Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous. So, I'm about, I think I'm about halfway through it now, um, with my Inquisitor, who. I started off wanting to be all like, yeah, I'm going to fight evil demons. Everybody should die. Uh, but I've turned into a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> so my Inquisitor is like, yeah, I'm going to fight demons, but I'm definitely not going to be an angel, you motherfuckers. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's got a load of, like, in like new intuitive, like, systems in it. It's based on the Pathfinder tabletop role-playing game. So, yeah, that was that's my three honourable mentions. Now we're going to have Cal's 182. 
Well, it's not quite there, but I'll, I will go through them quite nice and quickly. Um, these are not in any particular order. These are just some that didn't make the full top 10 list that I played this year. Uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate is Sonic. Like, I love it. It's not the best Sonic game, in my opinion. Um, and there's a lot of people that were saying it was absolutely amazing. I've not found that. I still think Generations is the, is my favourite of the 3D Sonics, if that makes sense. Um, but it's still, it is very good. It's just very fiddly to play. Um, Games Dev Story Plus on uh, Apple Arcade. Played a shit ton of that. Just sat in a coffee shop, just having a little fiddle. It was great. I absolutely love it. Having a fiddle in a having a having fiddle a, in a having a shop, fiddle in a coffee to. shop. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't be doing that. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh no, no, no. You could probably get um, arrested. But no, it was it was a great little time waster. Like if you were just sat down and had five minutes uh, or two hours, you know, you you'd kind of get lost in it, which was quite nice. I used to go to bed playing a bit of it. Um, Zen Pinball Party on Apple Arcade as well. It's Zen Pinball. I love pinball effects, which are the same team that do it. Um, so why they called it Zen Pinball, I don't know why they didn't call it Pinball Effects Party. Anyway, um, fantastic. There's new tables that have just been released, which is Garfield and Snoopy. Excellent. Um, but it's a lovely little time waster. Perfect on a little mobile device. But be warned, they are like smaller tables in a way. Um, so it can be a little bit hectic sometimes when you're trying to have a look. I think it's perfect, but other people may disagree. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the complete edition. Ah, oh, love Scott Pilgrim. Um, one of my favourite films. Loved the game before and love the game now. Um, one that you didn't mention, Wiggy, which I was very surprised, was Outriders. Um, because that came out. Wasn't that 2020? Nope. Did I get that wrong? Nope, it's this year. So in my honourable mentions... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you forgot it. I was always going to bring it up and be like... Hey. I didn't know if Sorry, it was I in forgot your... another honourable mention that is actually in my list here on my phone. So I'm going to just put two more in there. I'm going to agree with that honourable mention. Outriders, yeah. love it. Yeah, I thought it was a great little game. It lost its charm we after... We need to get back. You completed it. Yeah, yeah. I think they've brought out some updates and stuff. Uh, I've also got Deathloop. Again, I've just not played enough of it, I don't think, and I just can't get into it in the same way. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, brilliant. It's a remaster of the first three, I think it is. Um, brilliant. It's Super Monkey Ball. What more do you want? Um, Far Cry 6, again, I've not finished it yet. I've only played a little bit of it, um, and I can't quite get into it as well as I was hoping, uh, but I'm still going to see it through to the end. Riders Republic is another one. Um, again, I've hardly played, you played it? any of that. I've, I've got it. I've just hardly played it. Um, Have you bought it? I'm, yeah. Um, oh. On disc as well. Um, I didn't I didn't buy it in the end after I watched Before You Buy and was like, nope. Yeah, it was it was cheap. I bought it for cheap. So oh. I was like, ah, oh, it'll do. I want the next gen experience. So I'll try it out. I'll see what it's like. Um, and the final one is Call of Duty Vanguard, which is more Call of Duty. Um, it's not the strongest of them all, which was a bit of a shame. I was having a bit of high hopes for this one. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely wasn't going to make it on the list. Um, Scott Pilgrim almost did. Zen Pinball Party was very close to that. And so was Sonic. Uh, my other honourable mention, by the way, was Neo 2, the complete edition for PC. 
So it came out in February 2021. Everything included as well as some extra stuff for PC, huge graphical improvements. Um, they've just, well, not just, but they've brought out the complete edition for the PS5 upgrade as well. Um, and I just, I adore Neo. I just adore the world of Neo, Neo 2, Japanese mythology. Uh, it's just, you know, it's phenomenal. So yeah, that's an honorable mention. That one nearly made the list at number 10. Yeah. Get on. Get on. So I put something stupid into that one as well, like 130 hours or something. Jesus Christ. Didn't even know there was much to, that much to do in here. Um, so I asked a few friends what their personal so game I? of the years were. Have you? Yeah. Fuck off, have you? No, I have. 100%. You told me you were asking your friends, so I thought, fuck it, I've got friends, apparently. Get maybe. On, get on. Here we so go. I've asked then. them. So... I've, got, I've got three. I've got three. Oh, I've got a few. Oh, I'll get mine. Fuck's sake, um, narrow them down. We'll go in. We'll go in. No, I'm reading them all. I'm not get, I'm, I feel awful otherwise. Um, so, this first one's from Tom, uh, my good friend Tom. He said, mine was Psychonauts 2. I know I found it a bit more emotional than I expected. Um, that was from from Tom. Charlie said Halo Infinite. It's a whole new multiplayer game. Sorry, it's a whole new Halo game, yet feeling like the classics and was just a pure joy to explore and wander around. Uh, my friend George said, I second this, although I didn't exactly have many games until December. Just having the music play on the loading screen took me right back to Halo 3, which is nice. Uh, my friend Joe said Mario Kart because I can play online and my friends with my friends who are far away. Thank you, Joe. Um, James said Persona 5 Strikers, a direct sequel to one of my most favorite games. Yes, please. It's Dynasty Warriors, basically. Um, our good friend of the show, CJ, said Game of the Year for me was Guardians of the Galaxy, personally. Such a massive advancement from Marvel Avengers games, which I found very slow and tedious. It was a, it was a fucking whole film. It felt like great character <laughs> development, really good, easy platinum. Classic Gav said, Gav, another friend of the show, said, got to be Destiny Beyond Light for the clan raiding. Get on. Uh, my best friend, Jamie, said, mine was a plague tale. I got super invested in that. Also, Halo. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Mm. I don't know if that was this year, but I don't know. Um, Moby, another one of our good friends of the show said, I would have to say Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart because there was not a single minute of gameplay that made me feel bored to a point where I kept playing it even after I got a platinum. Very nice. Dave, Cal, I'll let loose. Bring it in for me, please. You said I could borrow it. I did, didn't I? I will bring it in, I promise you. I promise you. I will. Um, cool. Yeah, Dave said, hell let loose. Let loose. Let loose. Um, Charlotte Words. said... Animal Crossing, and also Will said it takes two. It's a classic couch co-op that really resembles the classic games of old. The styling and the quality is incredibly high, and the gameplay elements slash environments are varied and inventive. Not too long, but feels like loads. And finally, Ooh. Sarah said mine is still Animal Crossing, but I'll have a think. I did play a few indie games like Cozy Grove, but it is Animal Crossing adjacent 
but with ghosts. Thank you very much to all of my friends there for and some of our mutual friends. Personal ones. So yeah, some of our mutual friends. Ironically, now I've got two because I was going to read CJ's out, but there we go. <laughs> that was for that was for both. There we are. <laughs> go on then. Um cool. So I've got a couple here. So I've got my friend Chris. Um, he says Tales of Arise. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that more because it is in my top five. So we'll listen, mm. we'll hear more about that game in a bit. Um, because it's just classic tales, but in a 3D is what he says. Um, then we've got my friend Dave who says, oh, I'm not entirely sure if Deep Rock Galactic was this year, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. He's played it yeah, this year. He enjoys Deep Rock. He loves Deep Rock. Um, and he says it's just a really great co-op experience. And who doesn't want to be a dwarf in space? Get on. I, I just downloaded that on the PS5 because it's PS Plus. So I'll have to give yeah. that a whirl. Um, but we've had a, as well. Oh, get on. We've had a lot of different games on there. We've had Halo Infinite, Psychonauts 2, Persona 5, Strikers, um, Beyond Light, Hell Let Loose, like It Takes Two. All of those came out this year. Um, but have they made our list? We're about to find Ooh. out. You go first. Me go first. All right. You okay. go first. Rip it off like a band-aid. So we're going in at number five. Uh, my number five was a from a game company that I very rarely go to because they don't really do much of my kind of game style. Um, they are known okay. as Square Enix, um, and they have also acquired the Marvel license. So they bought a little game you may have heard of called Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, okay. Okay. I... Okay. Guess what? Guess what? That is my number five as well. Yeah. <laughs> Get on. Yes. Um, haven't finished it yet. Have you not? Yeah. No, ah, you've got to get on that. Uh, I, I finished it. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. As CJ said in his little um, review there, it is basically like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, except it's got some playable bits in between. Um, in terms of gameplay, like it's not the strongest, but I've not really had many complaints. Like some of the combat feels a bit stiff. It doesn't feel as punchy as I would want it to, but it's it never at once put me off playing the rest of the game. I love the like, whole. In- Go on. I was just going to say that's that's I think why I haven't played more of it because I personally loved the storytelling as far as I was going and the choices you make and the little huddles you have and stuff like that, like the the character side of the game. But I just couldn't get into the combat and i want to go back to it and force myself through it just to finish the story but the combat would just felt a little bit stiff to me and i'm also like i'll be 100 honest those sorts of combat that sort of combat style that fast acting you've got to slow it around you've got to make orders you've got to do this cast spells all of that sort well there's no spells but you know what i mean that sort i sometimes struggle with um and that game I did, like another game very similar, um, before we go back to you, another game that's very similar is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, I really want to get through that for the story, but I just couldn't get my head around the combat. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So, yeah. yeah it can be go a bit finicky at some times. Like, you, you, there was a few moments where I was struggling to do what I wanted to do. Um, 
mainly because it was mistakes I was making, but it was because there were so many menus to go through and I was just trying to do it so quick that I was like, shit, that, that was the wrong one. Oh, I've activated that special now. I can't do another thing until that's all recharged that's and recharged. things like that. But yeah. That's the um, problem that I kept having, yeah. Yeah, in terms of story, great story. Um, character development was great as well. And like the, the choices that you make in the game affect different parts of the game as well. Like there was one choice that I made um, about a third of the way through maybe. Um, and that completely changed gameplay to someone else who I was chatting to about it. And it was like, you know, those sorts of things are really cool. I like that. Um, would I play it again? Probably at some point but i'm not going to lose sleep over not playing it again like i've i've done it now that's it i'm going to leave it where it is um but i thoroughly recommend it for anyone who likes guardians of the galaxy or is a marvel fan it's just brilliant absolutely brilliant so in that case you may as well go on to number four do you want to take number four then seeing as we both have the same number four so number four for me is another nostalgia trap. And you may be sort of guessing the direction I'm going in. I touched a little bit on this genre earlier on. Um, but back in 2006, when Cal was one. <laughs> I'll have uh, you know, I was 11. <laughs> uh, back in 2006... Wherein I was 21. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, the, the Pokemon Company uh, and Game Freak released a little game called Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, or two games essentially. And 100% honest, they were in, they were my top two of like generation. Um, I can't remember what generation of the games it was. Each game obviously has a generation, they say. Third? I want to say maybe the third or the fourth, probably the third. I could probably Google it. But but anyway, so I absolutely adored those games. I remember the launch. I went to the midnight uh, opening of game to collect my copy. I went back and uh, had a lot of alcohol and absolutely imbibed no other things, um, just alcohol, and uh, just played Pokemon Diamond for like hours. And I just remember it, hours. And then last year, when it got announced that they were doing uh, Brilliant Diamond, and that they were going back, you know, in Shining Pearl, and they were redoing those, but in the chibi sense, updating the graphics, you know, updating some of the systems. I was like, I'm sold. I mean, I'm I'm sold for any Pokemon game. Sword and Shield weren't that great, but I play them, and I play them a lot, and I've completed the Pokedex. But they weren't like up there with some of the. They weren't up there at the launch point of this is a new generation of Pokemon game, which is like open world. They could have done so much more with it. Um, I'm hoping Arceus kind of changes that a little bit. But when they said Pokemon Diamond, I was sold. And I got it on launch day. And I got my little um, my little models with it as well, which I love. Um, they're pretty crap because they look like they've just come out of a McDonald's box. But I still love them. Um, and yeah, I played Brilliant Diamond. 
and I'm just going to say I absolutely adore it. It's a nostalgia trip, but it is so much fun. Um, I haven't completed it yet because I... I'm not a speed gamer with Pokemon games, but I also like putting together a team I love rather than like a team that will get me certain places. So I quite often have to go back and as is the norm with a lot of JRPGs, um, you have to like grind and Brilliant Diamond takes you back to the day where you had to grind. Whereas again, Pokemon and Shield kind of gave that up with mega raid battles where you could just get candies and, and level Pokemon up super quickly. Um, so brilliant diamond like i'm uh, three gyms in four gyms in and i've put together a team i kind of like but the next gym that i'm going up against i've got three pokemon that are weak so i need to level them up like super like high in order to do to do well um and the thing i'm looking forward to the most for all of you pokemon fans out there listening is that once i've completed brilliant diamond i'm going to do a nuzlocke of brilliant diamond and I cannot wait for a Nuzlocke. Cal, do you know what a Nuzlocke is? Not a clue. I'm sat, I'm sat here thinking, what are you <laughs> talking about? A Nuzlocke. So a Nuzlocke, a Nuzlocke, essentially, is where you go into a Pokemon game and you have to catch the first Pokemon you find on a route. Okay. And then you stick and with that Pokemon. You cannot, you cannot catch any other Pokemon on that route. Um. And you have to level that Pokemon up and then you go to another route and you get, so you build your team through every route. But if, if a Pokemon gets knocked unconscious, that Pokemon is dead and you have to release it. Release so you run body. into gap, nice. you run into grass, get the Pokemon you want or not. <laughs> if you're unlucky, you catch that Pokemon um, and then you have to level them up. So it really is really difficult and you can get, it's basically like Iron Man, if self-enforced Iron Man mode for Pokemon games, um, it's a big thing in the Pokemon community. And like, there's loads of YouTube videos of people doing it, telling stories about how weird it is. Um, you also have to give your Pokemon a name in that. I always give my Pokemon names anyway, but you have to give your Pokemon a name because it builds your friendship up. But it also means when they die, you're like, Gary, no. I can't bring myself to do it. I've got to, I've got to keep them with the proper names. I can't bring myself to change the names of them. Really, yeah. really weird like that. I do want to get the only one that I never change. The only one I never change the name of Pikachu and Eevee. If I yeah. get a Pikachu, it stays as Pikachu. If I get an Eevee, it stays as Eevee. And then yeah. if it whatever it evolves into, it stays as the name of its evolution. So, yeah, I am. Um... I do want to get Diamond. It was one on my list to to buy because uh, I used to have it on the DS and I loved it and I did enjoy it. Um, and yeah. also Piplup. One of my all-time favourite Pokemon, Piplup. Piplup. Get on. That's um, the, that's the uh, penguin, isn't it? Yeah. Penguin Pokemon. The penguin right Pokemon. The <laughs> penguin Pokemon. So yeah, that was my number four. It, uh, it was fighting nice. for number three, that one, though. It was fighting for the top three. Ooh. I had to wrestle between it and number three. They were neck and neck for a long time. But uh, number three well. is Pokemon Pearl. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you for a second. Um, no, that's very true. So my number four. My number four was a title that we've talked about 
a little bit earlier, or it was mentioned earlier. Um, and I, I thought it deserved higher than what you gave it because um, I thought it was really, really good. Ooh. Um, and it is Resident Evil Village. Oh, it has um, made it into your top three. Okay. Uh, no, top four. Top four. four. Anyway, I meant or number four. Um, so I, I loved it. Um, it's strange because a couple of years ago, when Resident Evil Seven came out, that was actually my number one game of the year of that year. Um, mm. And it's just a shame, really, because there's just some other games that were better. It's not that this one's a bad game by any stretch of the market. So it's just you've you've got to play it. It's great, absolutely great. If you're a fan of Resident Evil. Um, you may find it a little bit odd um, because it doesn't follow the same. Um, well, that's that's a lie. It it follows a similar structure and a similar formula, but it doesn't so much feel like the traditional Resident Evil games. I don't know if you would agree with that, Wiggy. But it's yeah, it's. There's it's some, there's I mean, again, I told it. you, I told you that like I haven't, I never completed seven. Um, yeah. I've, I played the remake of one, but yeah, I'll agree with it. It's very, very different. Yeah. It's, in it's a, definitely you know, very different. But that's not a bad thing. It's very good. It's the Basically, you, you're playing four different horror films, really, in a way. Um, yeah, you are. These, no, I like um, that description, yeah. Yeah, like, um, well, I've, I've, I've also seen a few people describe it, and I... Because I... <laughs> without sounding like I'm plagiarizing, I did think that beforehand. I was like, oh, there's all different kinds of horror sort of thing. There's like um, body horror and there's um, ghosts and supernatural bits and stuff like that. And then um, I started seeing reviews that were talking about that. And I thought, oh, okay, it's not just me overthinking things. Um, and it does, it sort of splits into four different kinds of horror um and it does each of them really well like it's it's really good like you go to these different environments um that uh one second you could be walking around a castle the next minute you're outside in like this swampy area um the enemies are quite scary at times um one in particular comes to mind which if you've played it you probably know which one i'm talking about wiggy you probably know the enemy that i'm talking about i'm not going to say it because i don't want to spoil it um but good god that freaked me the fuck out um that was awful it was awful um it's the last one again very very well done like that was the best bit of it all because it it took you back to that feeling of hopelessness it's a particular scene a particular part where they take away all of your weapons um your protection your shield basically um that you think oh well at least i've got a gun and that might make me feel a bit better in this sense they go no you're not having any of that you are literally gonna have to run hide or die one of those three yeah (laughs) um Uh... and it, it it was fantastically done like it was really really well done it reminded me um, of um, Alien Isolation in a lot of ways. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say a different game. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, 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 it was. Like it, that feeling of helplessness. Um, and and uh, 
you know, there were other, other sections that were a little bit more action orientated, which is fine. Like it wasn't going overboard like Resident Evil 6 or something like that. It was just nice action-y scenes. But the only criticism I do have is the final section is all all right, okay. Actually, I'm gonna take back a little bit of what I said. So there are some slightly action-y scenes. And then that final bit, it just goes like full on action. It's like one hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's like what the hell is anymore. going on? Yeah, what what's this? I've gone into Call of Duty with werewolves. <laughs> it's like what's going yeah. on? Um, Spoiler alert. Well, not not really because they're the main enemies. Um, and you know that that was the only jarring bit. It didn't ruin the game for me, but I was kind of like. And there was a particular. Um, I know, like Resident Evil's not been known for its um, realism as such, but there was a particular <laughs> scene with um, <laughs> one of the last um, bosses that you come across, and the way you take that boss down, I thought was very un-Resident Evil. Yes, I don't know if you know what I mean. It was, it's like what I I do know what you mean. Yes, yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, but that first, you know, the the main three, or well, no, four bosses were were great. The 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 whole thing was set up perfectly. It was eerie. It was atmospheric. It was everything you want from a Resident Evil game. But there was something about it that didn't quite feel Resident Evil. But if you like your horror, play that game. Even if you're not a massive fan of games, if you like horror, play it. It was great. It is certainly a a very good. Uh, like, I guess the way for me to describe it, you, you touched on it a little bit there, but it feels like four episodic games. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Feels like episode one is this type of a horror. Episode two is this type of a horror. Episode yeah. three is this type of a horror. Episode four is Call of Duty. <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Like, <laughs> like, but I I really enjoyed it. Did it beat number seven? No. Um, I can't answer that obviously because I didn't complete seven. But uh... no, that's fair enough. I think again, number seven was I think it because it came out and it was like shit. This is the first first person. First proper first person Resident Evil in the main series. There's no spin off or anything yeah. like that. And it's like, it's all set in this creepy place. And yeah, and they're going back to like one location in this house and stuff. And it's, yeah. Um, but no, definitely give it a go. Very good. And Lady Demetresque, what more do you want? Lady Demetresque. It's the only other reason to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cal simping. Simping, and it's not just me simping. You should, if, if everyone's going to know what what the internet's like, um, they have been going crazy for this tall vampire lady. Um, she is great. Um, but yeah, thank you, internet. Thank you, internet. Uh, anyway, that was my number four. So we're now on to our top three. Wiggy, it is over to you, my friend. What is your number three? Oh, 
I just thought I'd do that little entrance there. Don't know why. <laughs> it's been a long day. Just, um, just very quickly, just to interrupt you, I think this is where we're going to have different things. I think I we're going to have. Very I think we're going to have completely things. different games. No, we're going to have completely top three difference. Yeah. So, my top three is, and this is where it was very difficult for me because this is technically a DLC. But it completely changed the game and made the game a new game. And so I decided to add it to the list. You won't have played this, Cal, because it's not your type of game. Stellaris. Nemesis. So Stellaris is a sci-fi RTS. It's been out for a few years. I cannot remember. I'd want to say three years, maybe. Uh, Do I take a gamble? Do I take a gamble? Maybe five years? I'm going to go for five years, possibly six. It's been out for a long time. Um, And... It has gone through iterations. So every year they release a, like a big DLC that sort of changes the game, the, the game, the way works. The game, the way works? In the way, way the works. game works. The game, the way works. Um, <laughs> game, game, game. Words, words, words. Um, so in Nemesis, and the reason I love it so much, and actually it's had mixed reviews because some people don't like it because of the way it changed the game. But it made it, it added new ships, so now you can have imperial looking ships and they are intimidating looking motherfuckers. So if you want to play evil, you take the, the imperial looking ships. Um, and it allows you now to have espionage. Originally in Stellaris, you would go out into the galaxy and when you make first contact, you would then know everything about that race because they would just talk to you and you talk to them and then it would be like, blah, we know everything about each other. Um, now they've added espionage in. And as part of espionage, you have to gather intelligence. So when you make first contact, you know absolutely fuck all about these people, not even what they look like. And you then assign envoys, which you get a limited amount of, depending on your perks, depending on your like what you've chosen for your race, who you are. Um, your level of diplomacy, all of those things. You choose an envoy and you send that envoy to make first contact. And over a number of years, they develop like, uh, you know, they develop their knowledge and eventually will make first contact with an amount of information. What you can then be now, rather than having to be overtly aggressive, if you want to be an aggressive nation, you can be subtle and use espionage and diplomacy to take out your enemies rather than ship, you know, power of uh, ships and things. And so I made a pacifist race. So they were not fanatic pacifists. I do want to do that at some point, but they're pacifists, which meant I can't go into aggressive wars. I can only fight defensive wars or wars to protect my, you know, uh, whatever they call them. Uh, vassals so if I've got a vassal nation I can protect them for a war Um, but I've got really far in that (laughs) at the moment I've got like eight envoys which is probably the max you can get I think without any other perks 
and I've got them all over the galaxy of these different places. And anytime someone kicks off at one of my allies, I'm usually like, cool, I'm going to blow up those two star, star bases. It wasn't me. And then my allies will invade them because they're in a war. And I'm like, oh, wonder what happened to that star base. Oops. Um, so I'm kind of, it's really fun because I'm kind of manipulating the galaxy without actually fighting anyone. Um, and it just feels really badass. So I really enjoy that about Nemesis. And that's why I got into my top three because I'm such a massive fan of RTS. I'm such a massive fan of Stellaris. And Nemesis made it a completely new gaming experience a completely new challenge it added new starting positions and so i like it's it's phenomenal and i just i just loved it so it made my top three yeah thank you man um cool that's my, my number for three you know isn't it i did i did a fucking stroke or something then that wasn't even intentional <laughs> 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 It's my number two. It was just like number three. Um, so, my number three was a non-stop thrill ride, um, which proved what the next generation should be and is. Um, and it's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank Rift oh, yeah, Apart. That game you're going to lend to me. Yeah. Oh, like, it is absolutely incredible first of all the animation is brilliant it's like you're watching a um like a, 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 a sony animation or something like that um from their animation studios insomniac have done an incredible job and you can really see why playstation wanted to keep them and why they wanted to buy them um yeah, the characters are you know lovable there's not one character that i've not i've come across and gone oh fuck off I hate you. Um, they've all been really nice um, and well-written characters. They've got nice little funny bits of dialogue. It's always been known for its humour um, and it still delivers even during um, you know, the more the more tense moments or frustrating moments. Um, it does have quite emotional story segments, which is quite interesting to see um, in Ratchet and Clank. Like There are some moments dealing with um, pasts and stuff like that um but it's it it doesn't take itself too seriously it knows you're there to just have a good time and that's what i loved about it it was just let's have a great time try all these different weapons try and see how you can defeat all these enemies at once um we are going to show you what next gen can do through a story and it was amazing absolutely amazing um in terms of like the the triggers and stuff like that on the on the PS5 controller, it used the PS5 controller in the best way possible. I think the trig the haptic trigger feedback was amazing. Depending on what guns you were using, um, there was one that was my favourite, which was like a shock pistol. I can't remember what it was called, um, but every time you were firing it, you could feel the trigger trying to push against you to try and like stop the the trigger being pressed and it, it just felt really good it felt really cool it felt powerful a lot of the weapons they felt like they were packing a punch and that was great to feel that just through a controller um but yeah like i it, i don't know what else to say about it really it was just the beautiful animation beautiful looking game 
Um, it should be on everyone's radar if you've got a PS5. Even if you are not a big fan of Ratchet and Clank, you need to play this on the PS5, in my opinion. It is the standout PS5 hit to show off what that's, that machine can do. And it's just, it's a stunning game. Absolutely stunning. Um, and that's why it's at my number three. Uh, I would have put it a bit higher, but there's two more that were better again. Um, and yeah. Okay. Nice. I haven't played it, so I can't give any feedback, but I'm no, going to. You will play it, and I, I, you will enjoy it. I hope you do at least, but you, w- you will. That was harsh. That say. sounded like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> you will enjoy, enjoy it. it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, that was my number three. So now we're in. Oh, the, into the top, top two. two. And we can tell that they're going to be completely different. Uh, just, to let, just to let you know, um, or I'll, I'll just say this. Jesus Christ, my, I asked my friend Dave um, to, give, to give me uh, his favourite game of the year and uh, why. And he has written a full-on review a four-paragraph review of Hell Let Loose. <laughs> we're not God. reading that out. I'm, sorry, Dave, I'm, but we're I'm not sorry, reading David. this out. I won't be reading that out, but, like, nice. He basically very much enjoyed it. Very, very much oh, enjoyed nice. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. So, so, number two. My one and two were another wrestle in my in my list so as i always won it, it's wwe 2k 22 no <laughs> <laughs> um and i i'm still to this point looking at it and saying maybe i should say one is two but no i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to what i've written down and my number two is life is strange true colors can't go back now. You've said it. You can't nope. go back. And you have the moment that is to as it's written. Technically, I can. I can show. Don't, don't show me. Don't show me. I don't <laughs> want to do it. I don't want to know what your number uh, one is. So, life is strange. True colors is an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's episodic, but they chose this time to just release it as one game rather than release it as you know episodes um, over a period of time. Uh, like they did with the first Life is Strange. And uh, with the deluxe edition of True Colors as well, you could get the original remastered. So I am going to play that through again and see if my decisions are slightly different because Life is Strange, the first one, was also an emotional roller coaster, including the part uh, for any of you that have played it or you'll you know you, you'll know the bit I'm talking about in the middle. Um it is something that is very close to my heart. Very, very difficult for me to go through. And like I pushed through it because it's such good storytelling. It hit me right in the heart. True Colors, straight off the bat, does that again and more. So the really cool thing in True Colors is um, you have powers. So um, to get you started off, uh, just like the start of the story, um, essentially, you are uh, a girl who lived in a, like in multiple orphanages. Um, you've grown up and you finally make contact with your long lost brother who lives in a town in Colorado. 
So you go to meet him and that's the start of the game. And then you meet everyone in the town. You kind of meet the key characters of the game. You know, you get to know them, you make friendships and things like that. Um, and that's just episode one. And then episode one finishes and you're like, what's the fuck? So normal life is like the first life is strange. You get to the end of the episode one and you're like, oh, this is set up quite a little bit. True Colors takes it to the next level. You get the end of episode one and you're like, um, what the fuck just happened? And that just set off. And I was like, right, I've got to play episode two. Finish chapter two. Got to the end of chapter three. I'm into chapter four now. Um, and I played it with my small human in the house, chapters two and three. And she was engrossed. Like, she was like, what is going on here? Like, oh, I really like that character. Or oh, why didn't you do that? Um, and the the power system is so cool. So the first one, you had time travel. You know, you, you could manipulate time, which was cool unto itself because things would happen and then you could reverse them. Apart from that one heart-wrenching thing in the middle where you'd lost your time powers because of emotional and you needed them, but you couldn't use them for this bit and you really wish you could. Um, in this one, you have the power of empathy. So you can feel people's emotions and you can see their auras and you can link their auras to what they're feeling. But as the game goes on, you get more control of those powers. So to begin with, all Alex can do, she can feel, I think it's Alex. Yeah, she can feel people's powers, people's emotions, but they immediately reflect on her. So if someone's got a really strong emotion, like at the very beginning of the game, someone gets really fucking angry. It, Alex couldn't control it. She just got really angry and something happened. As you go on through the chapters, Alex basically becomes like more aware of it more, you know, you learn to control it. You learn to use it to help people or hinder people. Um, and it leads to some really cool character interactions. Like in the second episode, I made a friend. Um, I won't talk about the story obviously because I don't want to spoil it, but you make a friend, she's really depressed. And through using your powers, you figure out the stuff that will help her kind of come out of that hole and that really spoke to me because like for me like because I, I deal with depression and, and you know bipolar lows and things and for me it was like if only I had a friend like Alex who had emotion like I do have friends who help me by the way like Cal but what I mean is right. if I had a friend with superpowers do you know what I mean like this is what I would expect them to do and it would be so cool if I had that ability to do it to my depressed friends um and that really spoke to me. And, and now the story is really ramping up um, because there's like a, a this overarching enemy that comes in, a bit like the first Life of Strange. And yeah, it's just, I love it. And CJ, if you're listening, you'll you'll know this bit because you're part of the reason that I, I ended up getting it. Well, getting my sister buy it for me for Christmas is she, Alex can play guitar. She's very musically inclined because it also helps her deal with her emotions and things. And at the very beginning, you get gifted a guitar and you pl she plays this acoustic cover of Creep. And it is one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. And you could play chapter one just for that. 
And so as soon as I finished playing it, I was like, I know this has come out towards the end of 2021, but this is going in my top 10. This is definitely in my top five. It's in my top three. And then I really wrestled with it being one or two. But yeah, so that was my number two. Does it link in any way to the other Life is Strange games? Uh, not yet. I don't think it will. But as far as I've got, no. Okay, because I've been tempted to play it and I've not played the other ones. I um, I would play the first radar. one first. Just, just play the first one first. But then if you want to pick up True Colours... It's on sale right now, and you can get it with the first one. So you could play That's through That's what I'm more. thinking. So I think the only thing that they that links them essentially is people with powers, but it's not like superheroes. It's just yeah. average people who have powers, and that's what makes it really kind of cool. Um, so yeah, Ooh, yeah, number two. You. Well, that was your number two. My number two is a completely different kind of game. To, uh, to the one that you just mentioned there. Um, and everyone, sing along with me as I go. Halo, infinite. Oh, I was going to go cheap. Superman. Yeah, okay. almost. It was a terrible rendition of it, but it was. number two is Halo Infinite. Um I I really enjoyed it. It's Halo. It's gone back to classic style of Halo. Um, Chief is back in all his glory. Um, it's got quite an engaging story. It's not the greatest of stories, but they they took the world they took it into an open world, which I was worried of at first because I'm when it gets to a point where it's like the world is huge, it kind of puts me off slightly. I think oh I can't be asked to trek all the way from this bit to that bit. I didn't have one problem with that during any of Halo, um, mainly because the map is not stupidly big that you're running for hours. Like It tends to clock down pretty quick. Plus, you've got the addition of a new um, accessory, shall we say, which is your grapple hook. And that makes life so much better and so much easier like just traversing different areas um getting over obstacles is really easy with the grapple hook you just keep on doing it and you can upgrade it to be quicker and um things like that along the way um you can also use it to grapple towards enemies so you don't grapple them to you you grapple to those and you can upgrade that and have like a, a massive punch which uh sends out a shockwave to everyone around you and things like that um the best thing that I was using it for in combat was grappling items to you, such as fusion coils, which are basically exploding barrels in the Halo universe. And you could grapple that towards you, pick it up in your hand and throw it at an enemy. And it just made for some spectacular fighting scenes. Like You could really feel that you were a a pro player or an action hero star. Um, and it was, it was just incredible, some of those moments. Um, really well-written characters. The weapon, which um, is, is like a, an, an AI, like Cortana, um, but the weapon, she's just simply known as the weapon. Um, and Chief, again, is 
very emotionless, but in a very good and well played part. Um, if that makes sense, because when you when you hear it, it's like oh, there's not going to be a lot of emotion in that. But he's got a hell of a lot of emotion. Like there were some moments where um, it was quite um, gave you goosebumps a lot of the time, and you don't really expect that from Halo. Whether that was the nostalgic trip or whether that was just you know, like hearing what they were talking about and stuff like it, it was just beautiful, beautiful. Um, and I loved it. Like the 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 campaign is a good solid, um, like seven, eight out of ten. Really, really good. Uh, maybe nine, I would say. Um, and I would urge anyone who loves Halo uh, or enjoys Halo to play it because it's fantastic. The real reason that it's on this second tier list is not just the campaign it's the multiplayer as well i was shocked when i discovered how much i love that multiplayer (laughs) i'm not a big multiplayer fan um when it comes to halo it's always been my preferred multiplayer um I've, i've found i've gotten more enjoyment out of those and fuck me have i got the enjoyment out of infinite like because it's on game pass as well there we are Another another little drop. There, there. you go, Phil. There you are, Phil. You're welcome. Um, because of Game Pass, it's it's on there anyway. Um, but they did make it free for everyone. And that worried me slightly when I first started to play it. And I thought, oh no, we're gonna get a lot of issues here. It feels like Halo. It feels like classic Halo multiplayer. Weapons feel punchy. You feel like you're actually doing stuff. You feel like you're actually doing damage to people. You don't have to be this sensational player. You can do, you, you know, you can do your job depending on what game mode you're playing. Um, like, no one is pay to win, which is lovely. Everyone's weapons are the same. Everyone can pick up weapons off the wall. Um, that are all the same. It's purely cosmetic when it comes to the um, the season pass stuff. Um, and so much so, yeah. I actually dropped money on the season pass. And I know it's only cosmetic Ooh. stuff, but that made me feel more inclined to give them the, my money and say, yes, because I want those cosmetics. They look really cool. And it's not going to be unfair for other people if I was to get this. And I think you deserve the money because I'm basically just paying for Game Pass here. So I'm going to give you a bit of extra money for doing such a good job. Um, it's almost like another game company had already done that. Yeah. What, Jazz? It's almost like a very related game yeah. company had already done that. <laughs> yeah, like it, exactly. But it's... It's it's brilliant. Like everyone's on a level playing field. Everyone has a nice bit of fun. The only criticism I would give with the multiplayer is they can get more maps out there. I'm hoping they're going to bring out more maps because at the minute there's there's the same ones just going over and over and over and over. And I think they do need to get some more on there. Um, but like I say, that the combat has always felt fantastic in Halo. It's always felt that you feel like a, a powerful Spartan warrior 
um, Spartans being what they're called. You feel like this armored titan um, being, and with and a horrible, you, horrible childhood. With a horrible, oh, it's an awful childhood. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of a completely disgusting childhood. Yeah, hey, you're of, a badass now. And torture and and stuff like that, um, which they delve slightly upon. Um, in the campaign, which is, you know, are they all oh, nice? Um, ever so slightly, not a lot, but <laughs> emotional damage. damage. Emotional... <laughs> um, but like, like I say, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend anyone who is a first person shooter in lover or a Halo enthusiast. I would definitely say to play it. It is Halo, it's what we wanted for years. Um, and it's back for me, it goes. One, two, three, infinite. It's great. And the multiplayer is great. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Well, damage. Here we are. We're now on our number number one of the year. Before we unveil our number ones, I thank all of you for listening. I know that we haven't been uh, as regular as we want to be this year, last mm. year, or this year. We've already started off so well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this new year one was supposed to be recorded three weeks ago um, <laughs> at the actual new year. But hey-o. Yeah. hey-o. But, uh, but yeah. we're going to get better at that. And I love that you've all stuck with us and we'll try and have more of a social media presence and basically make this year about the Mega Squad pod. Um, I feel like I want to treat it more like a second job, like you probably should if you're trying to be a good podcaster. Um, yeah. A friend of ours, Sam, who you may remember from a previous Mega Squad pod, uh, has referred to her podcast as a second job before. And I think we need to do that because I think our listeners deserve that and if we want more fans and listeners you know we need to turn up to work or we get fired exactly Um, i guess i guess you'd have to fire me and i'd have to fire you because we can't really fire ourselves so i mean at the same time you're fired (laughs) (laughs) no like yeah no absolutely (laughs) i'd I'd quite like to get more people involved um in terms of like the, the social side of it like asking us questions to answer and um we should figure out how to do i I don't know if it's possible anybody listening to this if you don't know how to do it uh, if you do know how to do it that'd be great to reach out like an instagram live i think we'd probably have to film in the same house that could be fucking dangerous (laughs) but also hilarious (laughs) but yeah like but i've seen people do an instagram live we probably have to record it both on our phones, mm. but and we we could got... do that actually. Get tripods, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's the other thing as well. We want to start getting the U- We want to start setting up a YouTube channel um, and getting some gameplay going in there as well. Maybe some reviews. We did some like testing. Um, we've done some testing. I think we still need to do some more testing to figure out exactly yeah. the best way to do things. I but... released that on my own personal YouTube channel. Uh, if you want to look at our really bad test that was absolutely hilarious of Borderlands <laughs> 3, um, yeah, you yeah. can go to my YouTube channel. I'll, I'll put the link in and you can have a look at that. Tell us what you think. Uh, but it yeah. is really dry practice. There was no editing. I didn't do anything. I basically recorded it and then I uploaded it. 
and it's funny <laughs> it's funny i hope you find it funny as a like test yeah but we want to we want to start getting into like proper things there um i i mean i i love my horror but i'm terrible with horror games i'm a screamer so that's probably a couple of couple of yeah we're gonna we are planning to have a wiggy watches cal die many times uh sort of yeah thing (laughs) great thank you mate um i'm gonna watch you play alien isolation i think that was one we thought about wasn't it alien isolation yeah that's uh i love alien a tattoo of an alien and of a xenomorph and we are gonna also play hunt yes showdown so we need to do that Definitely. Um, and maybe get a third guest in. Yes. Uh, who wants to play it? I mean, uh, we could always do that. Random, that'd video. be absolutely hilarious when we're streaming if we get a rando. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and do that in our first uh, our first um episode. We'll try and play Hunt. Hunt Showdown. Yeah, that's a good idea. Cool. And so the time has come. The time for us to unveil come. to unveil what we declare to be the game of the year. I do declare. 2021. This was the shining hope for us through difficult year, through a difficult year for everybody, including ourselves. This was our beacon of hope. Wiggy, what was yours? I thought you were going to start. I was all prepared to be like, here's a drum roll. But no, <laughs> no you've thrown me under the bus. You're damn okay. right. The amount of times you've done it to me, I'm going to throw you under the bus. So it's very, uh, Chris mentioned it earlier on um, in his. And like, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of this game. Um, it's tales of the rise. Um, and my small home humans just picked it up at Christmas because she really liked watching me play it. Um, like tales of a rise. So tales of a rise is, is in a long, how many times like, do you want um, to play tales of a rise? Tales of a rise. <laughs> Tales of a rise. It's very late at this recording, and I couldn't remember whether I'd already said yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting like. Uh, Tales of a rise. Uh, and in, in case you didn't know what my number one was, it's Tales of a rise. Um, <laughs> but essentially, the the Tales games are a long-standing JRPG staple, a bit like Final Fantasy. Um, they've continued for a long time. Um, and I came to the Tales games relatively late. Um, like I've only played uh, two of the Tales games before Tales of Arise. Um, and Tales of Arise took the the kind of like the themes and everything everyone loved about the Tales games that were pixelated, you know, pixel based, 2D games and made it 3D. And it has like such a great anime feel. It feels like you're playing in an anime. I'm a pretty big anime fan. My small human is becoming an anime fan. You know, like I, and playing Tales of Arise just puts you in that, um, in that theme. And you've got multiple characters that are really well developed. 
Um, each of them has their own combat style. As you level up, you can gain powers, you gain the ability to switch between them. You can run around the map as each of you. So you only run around the map as one character, but you can choose which of those characters you run around the map as. So like, and then you can add cosmetics to them. Like it is for me, the quintessential JRPG. And like, from, like Tales of Arise was originally, I was waiting and waiting. It came out in September. I was waiting because I was, I was going to get it for the PS5, essentially. I was going to get it for a console. But then I kept putting back getting a console. And in the end, I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I'm just going to buy it on PC. And I don't regret that decision for a minute to the point that I love it so much that I would, if it's in a sale on PS5 at any point, I will buy it again and I will play through again. I haven't completed it yet because just like a classic JRPG, you need to level up, you need to prepare for enemies, you need to grind, you need to go, you know, you need to explore areas fully to get all the secrets. So um, it's a game that I keep dipping back into, um, but it came out at a time and to your point Cal that you were saying just a minute ago this is the game that kind of gets you through the year um I hit I'm very open about this on our podcast because obviously we've talked about mental health and games that have helped you with mental health before we had a great episode with CJ if you haven't listened to it please go back and listen to that episode about how uh, uh how video games help mental health um but at the very beginning of September I had uh, a suicide attempt. Going to tell all our listeners now. That's another reason that we haven't really recorded many episodes because that happened. I went into hospital. I'm getting much better now. I've had my friends and family around me. Like everybody who's listening to this, like friends and family are super important when you're in that dark space because you don't see it. You need them too. But anyway, this game then came out and it changed a lot of things for me like I was a there were two games essentially at that point when everything hit such a dark period for me there were two games I escaped into one was Tales of Arise and one was Fallout 4 uh, the complete edition I got both of them on my PC and I just played those I was staying at my mum's you know for guardianship and things and safety um, and I'd taken my PC there and I was just playing these games, chatting to my friends whilst I was on it, you know, texting in group chats, just building my life back up. And this game, Tales of Arise, it helps me do that. And so that is why it made it to my number one. That is why I wrestled between one and two, because you've probably noticed a theme in my top two. They're all surrounding mental health and how to help people and, and supporting people. Uh, but Tales Arise won through on True Colors because it's helped me through that period. So yeah, and I would 100%, if you love JRPGs and you've never heard of Tales, go and play it. Go and pick it up, whatever console you're on. It's on every console as well. So it's next gen and previous gen. Um, so just, just go out there and play it. I don't think it's on the Switch, actually. I don't know. I might be wrong. But yeah, go and pick it up. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that as well, Wiggy. Um, well, that was your number one game of the year for 2021. Number one. Number one. Okay, number one. So then it's, so then it's down to me. It's just me and number one. 
Make uh, it so. Make it so. Now, mine is a game that hasn't been mentioned by anyone else, but if you were paying close attention, then earlier on in this episode, I may have actually dropped the title. Um, it was a late game. It came out towards the later half of the year. Um, and I think it was October, October, November. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be my game of the year. I was expecting to love it, but not half as much as I was expecting. I love the franchise. I love the character. But this was just a whole new level of greatness. Um, it was a Switch exclusive. And that is Metroid Dread. Ooh. Metroid Dread. The game um, where you could not beat the boss. <laughs> a game where I'm still currently... Do you know what? Even before recording this podcast, I was trying to defeat it and I was getting so pissed off and I thought, no, because I'm going to change my mind about <laughs> like number one if I carry on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it was, it's fantastic. It's, it's Metroid. It's classic Metroid. So it's the 2D... Um, what has now been deemed as Metroidvania style um, because Metroid and Castlevania were the two that pioneered it. So Metroid has gone back to its roots of doing Metroid. Um, So yes, 2D um, exploration, sci-fi. There are lots and lots of areas to explore. There are also lots of areas to re-explore. So the idea is you go through these different areas, you pick up items along the way, then you have to do a lot of backtracking to go back into other areas which were previously unaccessible, um, inaccessible, sorry, for um, certain reasons. Like, say, for example, you haven't upgraded your plasma cannon to a certain level to unlock, to shoot through a door. But now you can because you can charge it up and shoot through that door to unlock it and things like that. Um, the environment is very very atmospheric you feel very uncomfortable at times um this is like the, one of the closest games that goes towards horror in a way not so much jump scary but you do feel a panic inside of you um especially when you meet the new enemies which are called emmys e-double-m-i um, I can't remember what they stand for, but they are basically robots that patrol a certain area. There's a whole bit of backstory to them, which you can find out when you play. But they p- patrol a certain area of uh, the map. And basically, when you go into that area, your only hope is to run like fuck away from these enemies. If they get you, they are an instant kill. They will kill you instantaneously if they find you you do have however a very very small bracket or a very small window in which you can counter that attack and they'll release you but it is minuscule i'm talking like milliseconds so you've really gotta stay away from them um as best you can um and there are ways of defeating them, which I am not going to say, but you can eventually, doing certain things, you can defeat these Emmys. But it really packs 
it really produces a lot of adrenaline when you're trying to run through these sections and you think, I just want to get to the other side and I've got to now tackle this Emmy. And they run after you. They will crawl up walls. They will crawl along the ceilings. They will squeeze themselves into tight gaps to get through. They are a menace and it is very, very scary <laughs> at times, very panic inducing. Um, Fair. Also, the way the story is written, it's not the greatest story of, of all. And you may find it a bit confusing if you've not played the other ones, but it does do a little bit of a backstory um, at the start to the other Metroid games because it's been so long as well. Um, so you get the idea, basically. But if you're not paying attention, you're probably going to wonder what the fuck is going on. Um, I said in a previous episode of the podcast around women in video games um that i think bayonetta was my number one or something someone like that <laughs> i am I, no honestly we teased you against it we teased you about it we did teach yes. you about it it wasn't bayonetta i don't think i had bayonetta as number one but i can't remember who i put as number one but i'm telling you now it's sam listen to our podcast i should do really shouldn't i um but i'm changing that answer to samus aaron because she is the most badass female protagonist I have ever encountered in a video game. Some people say it's Lara Croft and things like that. I urge you to play Metroid Dread. The sass that she has alone is just fantastic, and hardly a word is spoken throughout the game. Um, the only thing that talks to you is the computer system. That is about it. The way she acts... For example, she meets a certain boss. I won't say what it is. Um, and it is screaming in her face. Absolutely screaming in her face. And she is just looking at it. Doesn't even flinch. Holds up her plasma cannon. Just shoots it straight down the, down the throat. And it's just, it's moments like that where it's like, you're just a badass. You're amazing. Um, fair, fair. It is really tight platforming, um, really well-made um, creatures and enemies. They're really cool. Um, it's, it's just classic Metroid. The only criticism I would have is the difficulty spike that sometimes comes with these kind of games. Um, but I suppose in a way it's kind of be, to be expected. But it's just insanely good. It's just incredible. I would recommend it to anyone. And that is my game of the year nice. for 2021. Sweet. That brings us to the end. That brings us to the final of uh, the game of the year, which you viewers can decide which is the better game, Metroid Dread or Tales of Arise. <laughs> Vote in the on comments. Your interactive device now. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could just put in the comments on our page. Yeah, yeah probably put it in, easier. in the comments on the page. Um, on our socials, uh, give us an email. Um, do you want to? Do you want to drop that social social shares? Social. I'll just put it on the. I'll just put a link in the thingy because it's too late now, and I'm yeah. Not to good. be fair, it, it, it's all in there. It's all in there. Just have a look. Just don't be lazy. Find do it. your own. Do your own fucking looking. All right. I know what we yes. could do, which we'll do in future, is we should just do a pre-recorded bit where we speak out all of our stuff, yeah. and then we can just tag it onto the end of all of our recordings. Yeah. You heard it here yeah. first, people. We're going to do that. 
I might even do it at the start before the little song. That might be quite good. And we'll do that and then cool. Um the Mega Squad Pod is brought to you by the Mega Squad Pod, which you can find. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, is there anything you wanted to add, Wiggy? So no, I, we were very quickly going to do what we're looking forward to for 2022. But actually, I think that could be a really good segment for our first official Mega Squad Pod episode of yeah. 2022. I think we should do that as our subject. And I just so. like put together two or three games maybe that we like. We'll try and get guests on. Like um, this, you've tried to condense the games as much as you can and be like, just two or three. Just keep it two yeah. or three for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, give us two or three because people are listening for fucking <laughs> three hours. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna speed through the first five two hours at, later. At number 64. <laughs> we have. At 583, um, I'm looking forward to Pong Revolution. <laughs> Tetris Connected 2. Um, well, I, I just want to say a very happy new year to you, Wiggy. Um, and to you, Cal. And a very happy new year to all our listeners. Um, we hope you have a safe and prosperous new year, full of hope and cheer and gaming. Um, is there anything you would like to add, Wiggy? No, I think that's a good note to end on. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Soon. Well, we won't see you soon, but you know. Get on. Take care. Bye-bye.